Hi, this is Chase Masterson, and you're listening to PriorityOnePodcast.com. You are now tuned to the Priority One Subspace Frequency, brought to you by Sayulita.com. Sayulita, Mexico is the closest thing to Planet Risa. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 125 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast. Recorded Wednesday, April 24th, 2013, and available for download on PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm James. And I'm Tony. All right, Tony, what's in store this week? Well, this week we trek out an interview with a Trek fan favorite. Also, this week in Stone News, we've got a pair of dev blogs that we'll be discussing, along with some other game updates. In this week's Community Spotlight segment, we'll talk more about keeping STO fair and fun for all. As always, towards the end of the show, we'll open up hailing frequencies and review your incoming messages. Oh, but before we move on, Captains, be sure to stay tuned to PriorityOnePodcast.com. We'll be publishing our interview with STO's lead designer, Al Captain Gecko Rivera. So make sure you're subscribed to Feeds.PriorityOnePodcast.com and don't miss that interview. And you know if there's anything to be had ship-wise, I'll be having it. Star Trek Las Vegas is just four months away and we're already gearing up for this big event. This year, we're teaming up with Trek Radio and Stoked Radio to bring you Vegas like never before on the bridge of the USS Enterprise NCC-1701-D as in David, boys and girls. That's right. We're going to broadcast in bridge. Unfortunately, such an endeavor is not cheap. Priority One needs your help, Captains, to raise funds that will help cover the cost of broadcasting from the convention halls during the 2013 Star Trek Las Vegas convention. We'll have a live broadcast, just as we did last year, stream videos and interviews, and bring you up to the second coverage of this year's convention. Our goal is $700, and we need your help to get there. Imagine... That Elijah finally stopped saying we need 70 listeners to donate $10 a piece. I say he's wrong. Well, not about the math part. That part he's pretty clearly right about. But I want to talk about the number of listeners. You may not believe this, but we know exactly how many of you are out there listening. I say it's not 70 giving 10. We should get 700 listeners to donate a dollar. That's not a stretch. This can be done. You've left tips at Waffle House bigger than that. Everyone can chip in a buck. We bring you 50-plus podcasts a year, great columns from STO community members, and we make fun of Elijah every week. Well, we, we do that last part for free. I mean, we probably pay for the privilege to do that. But the podcasting part is real work, the unpaid, voluntary kind, and we need your help to do more work at the convention. Please visit our website and click the big orange donate button on the left side of the page. You'll be taken to a secure and ever-popular PayPal site. 
to submit your donation. Again, this fund is to help cover costs of broadcasting from the convention hall. This money is not for our own personal game, nor will it cover our travel, lodging, food, or activities. Help us bring the convention straight to your computer or smartphone by donating. Our goal is $700. With your help, we can reach that goal. You can also contribute to the ongoing broadcasting initiatives right here on trekradio.net. Just visit the homepage for how you can donate to Trek Radio's goals because we are all going to be working together, and we appreciate it. We really do. We mention it every week. We are looking for talented individuals to help grow the Priority One team. Whether it's audio, video, writing, you name it. This organization is built by volunteers, and we could use more talent to help grow our little organization. As we mentioned earlier, you can normally listen to us live on trekradio.net every Thursday at 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. You can chat live with us in-game, or you can visit trekradio.net and jump on their IRC chat client, which can be found under the community link. Before we move on with the show, we want to remind you that PriorityOnePodcast.com offers more than just podcasts. We've got articles and blogs from some of the most respected members of the community, including our latest Dilithium Tracker articles by Sam on Maui, and our latest episode of Trek It Out, our monthly Star Trek news podcast with a special interview with Houston Huddleston, the man behind the Enterprise D restoration project. So, be sure to visit www.priorityonepodcast.com for all this great content. Well, let's get ready to Trek It Out. I don't know. Then let's Trek It Out. I've been doing all these real-world news bits in this segment with your planets and your galaxies and whatnot, and I thought, uh, you know, enough already with news. Quit trying to inform people about stuff and things. You want to talk to Herschel? I'm doing stuff, Lori. Thanks. So this week, to help get everyone in the mood for the Best of Both Worlds screening, I've got a link to a short interview from BigShinyRobot.com with Jonathan Frakes. You know him as Commander Riker, attempted murderer of Locutus of Borg. So he talks about his memories of the show, career advice from Mr. Spock, and flying to Omaha in a pair of superhero tights. It's not what it sounds like. Do you looking forward to the live event, Elijah? I am very, very excited. Well, by the time that you guys listen to this program, it will have already occurred. But what I can tell you is that this weekend is going to be busy. Thursday, I will be riding up to New York City and meeting up with Leah, our host over at the Trek It Out podcast. And we're going to be broadcasting live through Trek Radio. We'll be doing interviews with the patrons that arrive there, record all that excitement. So hopefully you guys will catch that and enjoy it. Discover something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Send them over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. You'll be submitted into our random drawing for 1,000 Zen. All right, let's check out what happened in Star Trek Online News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. And for our first bit of stone news, we have Season 7, Dev Blog number 45. This Dev Blog from Scott Goatshark Shikoff, lead content designer, covers the final embassy project, Visiting Dignitaries. This project will increase security in the embassies, which in turn should make the Romulan delegates that are frequently in the embassies feel more secure. Maybe they'll stick around, have a few drinks at the bar, plant a bug in your office, you know, chill out with their allied homeboys, Romulan style. 
Completing this project will add to the enhancements of your fleet MC on new Romulus, Romulan delegates, and embassy guards will be made available. This special project will be available around 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time on April 25th, 2013, until around 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time on May 9th, 2013. Elijah, why don't you tell us about devlog number 9. Well, James, in Legacy of Romulus devlog number 9, Andrew Archon Cryptic, Roe, Cryptic Systems Designer, gives us the rundown on the ships coming into the game when the expansion drops in less than one month. All the Warbirds get a Singularity Core and a Battle Cloak. All lower tier costumes can be used on upper tier ships. Let's talk a little bit about the preview that we got on Tribble. Tony, have you experienced it at all? Oh, yeah. When we were started off by doing the live event on Twitch TV last week, James and I had already kind of skipped ahead of where you were, Elijah, and we were already kind of into the guts of the storyline. But after we got in there, uh, and after after we logged off for the night, I kept on going over the next week. I haven't gotten all the way through it as of the time of this recording, but it doesn't let up. It's, it's still a great storyline. Not all the bells and whistles are in, but I've decided that I'm going to forego the extra ships my guy is going to roll old school in that first Junker Warbird from 1 to 40. I've decided. I think I can pull it off. Yeah, I'm going to do this. Like Al was talking about on his review with uh, Podcast UGC, if I can skin the plus one little tiny Warbird with the old school Romulan one, I might go with that. But uh, I've decided I'm going, to, I'm going to go 1 through 40 in the little tiny Warbird. I'm not going above Super Mogai. That's tier 3. By the way, update for our last show, Super Mogai is in the pack. <laughs> sent me some Twitter notes after we did the show, after he heard it, and he... He schooled you. He did. He said, he said, you know what? It is in there. It doesn't show it in the pictures, but it is one of the skins for the plus one ship, the Super Mo guys, is the, in the plus one ships for the tier three. But, you know, once you have that skin, even once you get the retrofit for tier five, or if you get the fleet version, once you have the skin, you can put that on any of them. So, basically, I'm going to hit tier three, and then just keep adding to that ship it'll be first i'll add the plus one and then as i move up i'll get the retrofit and then i'll eventually get the fleet version which actually i can already get because our fleet's past tier three which is where it's at so i'll get that one almost immediately too so it's gonna be great and i'm just gonna have mean old super mo guy all tricked out to the bone with mark 12 purple everything and some special consoles apparently they're gonna come with all those different versions i'm gonna pick up can't wait super excited uber uber excited did you get back into the uh, preview elijah uh, not since we went live I've been holding off. See, I like to beta test things, but I don't like to overdo it because then I lose the excitement for when the actual game comes right. live on Holodeck. I only play a little bit. When you guys left, I continued to play. And with me was Farktoid, Thomas the Cat, and Tumor Boy. They were actually all in the chat room. Dan Stahl made an appearance. And so it was fun to actually go through the missions and Farktoid and Tumor Boy when we were, there was one particular mission that I wasn't looking, I was just kind of going through it. And at one point they're like, look up, look up, turn around. Like they're screaming in the chat room. And it was really exciting and really fun to have them there and participate. The idea of the singularity core, the animation for that and the sound effects are 
phenomenal. That's really fun. You know, when yes. you destroy a Romulan. Oh, when, yeah, when you we blow even, up. Even uh, though, you're right, though, even yeah, on the bridge, going inside of your own ship in the engine room is Oh, the engine room work. is gorgeous. Yeah, the Singularity is Core bridge gorgeous. set. The engine oh, room, man. when you go down to your warp core yeah. and you look at that core, it is gorgeous. I mean, it's phenomenal. There's a thread out there in the forums where somebody was saying that they need to install better safety rails uh, <laughs> around, this, you know, around the warp core, around the Singularity Core. Tuberboy came in there and was like, if you don't know not to jump into the spinning ball of gravitational doom, probably you have no business being on a starship. So don't need really any more warning signs or a bigger fence. It's dangerous in there. Don't go. No, it is. It is a. Go- it was really gorgeous. You know, walking around the ship. I, I really took some time exploring, and then we got into some missions. And like I said, there was one mission where those tentacle things are. You know, it's it's part of the story. And, the, and that new villain, that new enemy that's teamed up with the Tal Shiar, supposedly. It's really cinematic. It's very very cinematic for a yeah. standard level up mission. This isn't featured episode stuff we're seeing. This is not featured episode. We are seeing missions from level one. To 50 and just the first five missions alone are as exciting and as captivating as the featured episodes that we've received over the last two years you know definitely a Agreed. lot better missions than the standard federation ones that you do through level one yeah. to 50 they remastered a couple of them a couple of federation ones the azura and the doomsday machine one i think this is what they always wanted to do but just never had the time or resources to do I think they would have loved to make the game look like just like this from the beginning for everybody, but time and resources just didn't permit it. It was an amazing experience. You know, the art for this new villain, this new species, very um, nostalgic to me of combination of The Matrix and the War of the Worlds remake and Cylon. So it's like if The Matrix, Sentinels had a baby with Cylons and the grandparents were the big tripod tentacle things from War of the Worlds, this is what this new villain is. And I dig it. I'm a big fan of the art. But I encourage you, if you get the opportunity, uh, head on over into Tribble and preview it for yourself. We will plan to do more Twitch.tv events where you can catch us in-game and watch us test some things on Tribble. So, Tony, we got some patch notes, huh? Well, nothing big on Holodeck, but uh, that's to be expected this uh, soon before big release. However, Tribble is dropping some wonderful little hints of things to come. For example, they started issuing the Tholian marks for the new Kara Prime content over there on Tribble. Most of the direct fire science powers got their firing arc buffed to 135 degrees, and that's up from 90 or 120, depending on the power. RCS accelerator consoles got a buff, so you can swing that new wide science arc all over the place now. And even more UI changes, more color scheme options, more tweaks, more fixes, more polish, more everything. And it's approaching that time again. The time I don't want to log on to Holodeck anymore. I want to log into Tribble. And all the new shinies are over there. And the new gameplay and the new interface. And the game looks better and it plays better. I just don't want to log into the Holodeck anymore. How about you guys? Are you, are you starting to feel that Actually, way? Actually, you know, you're right. The game does play a lot smoother on Tribble in comparison to Holodeck. I have a very good, good graphics card. It's not the latest graphics card, but I just updated it maybe not eight months ago. But the game, I noticed, plays a lot smoother. And I believe it was Thomas the Cat during our twitch.tv said that the textures of the UI have been improved so that the overall gameplay is also improved and much smoother. I don't know what it is, but when I was playing on a lower-end laptop a few years ago, I could get the game to run, 
But when I disabled the UI, the game improved just amazingly. And so hopefully anything they can do to bring down the memory footprint of the UI is a huge improvement. So interviews with the Stowe team. Bram Flakes has recently been on Stoked Radio. Get over to YouTube and check that out. Captain Gecko was recently on Podcast UGC, so you can go over and check that out. PodcastUGC.com slash episodes slash podcast UGC episode 109. Make sure and get on and check those out. And and Titanium Mouse. Really? Really? Is that what you're calling yourself these days? Oh, no, sir. We hand out the butt-themed nicknames around here. Mr. Captain Alberto Gecko Iron Ass Rivera, sir. So, call into work, mister, because you're not making it in on Monday morning. You know why? Because you're still going to be doing the interview with us. We will not be mocked. Good day, sir. Good day. It was a long interview. Al spilled the whole beans on a lot of stuff. We can only hope that by the time that we record the podcast and the time of the interview, hopefully, like, Meteor collides with something and, like, whole bunches of new Star Trek online news come out. Otherwise, podcast UGC covered a ton of stuff. It's a great interview. It's really long. Check it out. It's four hours and 20 minutes, four hours and 30 That's minutes. It's crazy long. long. Long, long, long. We have some catching up to do. There are exciting things going on at PvP Bootcamp. The camp has recently graduated their first class and, in the process, helped over 600 players improve their PvP game. Now, with a fresh class of graduates, they have decided to offer advanced seminars on very specific aspects of PvP combat. Some of the top PvP players in the game are offering their knowledge and experience to anyone who wants it. Learn about advanced cruiser builds, be a better science officer with a debuffer and healer course, or spend your Sunday evenings learning how to get more out of your escort. These classes and much more are available for registration in the PvP Bootcamp subforum on the Star Trek Online website. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. Well, also this week in Star Trek Online news, from Friday, April 26th through Sunday, April 28th, Creation Entertainment's official Star Trek Philadelphia convention in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, will consume the disposable income and the precious weekend of many a Trekkie in the northeastern U.S. For more on this story, we go to our correspondent Elijah, reporting live from the field. Star Trek, New Jersey, and I am joined by... Jennifer. And Amanda. Well, hi, Jennifer and Amanda. Now, is this your first convention? Yes. Oh, uh, are you Trek convention, yeah. First Trek convention, okay. So, what brought you to the Star Trek convention this year? Supporting my Trekkie friend, Amanda. <laughs> okay, yes, okay, I awesome. brought her. <laughs> all right, so as an outsider, what do you think of all of this? Is it a circus or is it fun? Fun. Awesome. Good. It's not a circus. That would have been a terrible answer. We would, you would have had to have been ejected. But, uh, and now you said you've been to other conventions before. What uh, what conventions have you been to? Comic-Con. Comic-Con. So what brought you to this convention uh, today? Um, I am a new Trek fan, as in within the last two years, and this is the first one I've heard about and had the opportunity to attend. My boyfriend was supposed to bring me, but he's unfortunately away on business, so that's why I bring her. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So you just got into Trek not too long ago. What was it that, uh, that got you in? DS9. Uh, my boyfriend was watching it, and I used to 
<laughs> give him a hard time, like, why are you watching this? Shut it off, blah, blah, And then I sat down one day and I actually watched it with him about in the second season of DS9. And then I got hooked. And then I watched all of DS9, all of Voyager, the original series, Next Generation, just in that order. <laughs> so of all those series, what is your favorite? <sighs> it's really tough because DS9 holds that special place in my heart. Um, but... I think Next Generation probably has it. Next Generation. Okay, now, have you ever watched a Star Trek episode in your life? Oh, yes, all the time when I was younger. Okay, now, what, uh, what's your favorite series? Have you, was it just one series, or was it a number of series? It would just be whatever was on. Oh, I would, yeah, I would watch it. <laughs> all right, so from what you know so far, who's your, who's your favorite captain? The white bald guy. Nice. Yes, the white bald guy. Yeah. Nice. Sir Patrick Stewart, the the white the bald white guy. Cool. All right. <laughs> exactly. All right, girls. Well, thank you so much for joining me, and uh, stay tuned to TrekRadio.net for the interview. I will. Thank, thank you. you. All right, Elijah here again from uh, Star Trek convention here in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and I'm joined by Soraya White, Joseph White. All right, now you guys have some uh, some interesting news that you just shared with me. Uh, tell me about that. Tell me about that news. Well, we were recently married in September. We originally met um, at a convention through another friend. Yeah. Um, this is our fourth convention. The first one we met, the second one we were dating, third one we engaged, and now we're married. All right, now <laughs> tell me about the wedding. Was it Star Trek oriented in any way? Did you guys have any hints of uh, Trek? The ceremony was traditional, but the, um, the reception had a hint of Star Trek yeah. in it. We had some friends come in uniforms and have some themed gifts to give away, so yeah. it was good. Oh, that is fantastic. Congratulations. Now, was it at a New Jersey convention that you guys met? Was it all here local? In Parsippany. Ah, oh, wonderful, wonderful. That is fantastic. I remember when the conventions were in Parsippany. Now, um, so you've, get, you've been to four conventions. Are they, have they all been the local ones, or have you been to, like, Vegas or anything? All local. Now, do you, do you plan on, on going to Vegas at some point? Depends on what the budget says. <laughs> well, our hope our hope is that Trek Radio, uh, Priority One Podcast, and Stoked Radio will have the bridge of the Enterprise there. So maybe we can, you guys maybe can renew your vows there, you know, on the bridge of the Enterprise D. Uh, beam us on up. That's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Now, how do you guys, uh, what's your favorite series? DS9 all the way. Hands down, DS9? Next Generation. All right. I like Next Generation. I like Next Generation. Did you guys catch the Fathom event, uh, Best of Both Worlds, on Thursday night? Yes. 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 What, did you guys, what did you guys think of that? I, it was absolutely good. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, it was good to see Star Trek on the big screen again. And it's good to see so many people come out and still support. Yeah. They sold out the first showing. They had to resell Seven. another showing at the theater. So it was right. really good. That is fantastic. You know what I, I love best was the atmosphere. I mean, it changes the entire way that you view the episode, and it's fantastic. Yes. Now, what are you looking forward to most uh, here at uh, Star Trek New Jersey? A.V. Brooks. A.V. Brooks, <laughs> meeting the actors, get, getting to see other Star Trek fans. Seeing other people's yeah. costumes and what they put together. Yeah. That's fantastic. Now you you are donning a TNG. Is this TNG? Yeah, TNG. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Voyager. Now, where's your costume? What's going on? I'm coming as myself. <laughs> I have the same philosophy as the actors. I put on a uniform when you pay me. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well, guys, enjoy the convention. Thank you so much for spending some time. Be sure to check us out on trekradio.net and priorityonepodcast.com. Thank you. Thank you. Live long and prosper. Thank you very much. All right. I am joined by Adrian, Robin, 
Kate. All right, so uh, it's Sunday. You guys are getting ready to head back up to Boston. Yeah. What uh, What do you think of this convention? It was amazing. It was awesome. Yeah, we had so much fun. We loved it. All the panels we went to for you guys. What was a highlight? What was a highlight of, t- of this weekend's convention for you guys? Um, the rap hack, yeah. this the Star, the Star Trek rap hack performance we did. Oh my god, but it was amazing. Yeah, oh, really but okay. Besides <laughs> that, though, um, Jeffrey Combs t- talking was amazing. <laughs> like he was, awesome. he was incredible. I love him. Now, what about uh, how about Saturday or Sunday? Did you guys catch uh, Avery Brooks? Yes. Yes, yes, we did. We didn't really understand it. Was, it. Yeah, <laughs> sitting at the back, and it was really hard to hear even the questions, much less his answers. But um, but he was he was still he was still, he was really, still, really, he was still in the wormhole. Oh, space Jesus is still there. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. All right, guys. So um, let's see. Right, what's your what's the next stop? Like, what's the next convention for you guys? Where will you be? Dragon Con, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dragon, Dragon Con. Con. Oh, actually, we, we might be doing Sunday at um, the Boston Creation Con in June, too. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That's probably that's probably going to be a, a big one. That'll probably be a big convention. I would regret it if we didn't since we're yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll probably go to that, too. Hopefully. But we'll cool. definitely be at Dragon Con, for sure. And, and when is Dragon Con again? September. The end of, the end of August. Yeah. The end of August, early September. What about Vegas? That's, that's in August. Once you go to Dragon Con, honestly, man, you never go back. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> they're, they're too close together, I think, for us to go to both. So, yeah. Yeah. You have to budget things, and they all kind of happen around fall. So. Yeah, yeah. Now, are you girls gamers? Yes. All right. Do you play Star Trek Online? No, I, I don't really like online games. I, I, I'm an antisocial gamer. <laughs> well, actually, Star Trek Online plays very well single player, so that's something to consider. I, I'm willing to give it another shot now that it's free. We do have collector's editions that uh, yeah. first came out. Not only is it free, but now are you guys Romulan fans or like diehard Andorians? Um, an Andorian under the Klingon faction yeah. since our our characters are actually mercenaries for the um, Klingon assault group. So. Alright, cool. That's Are you guys part of any like Star Trek organization? Yeah, like we're, a group? we're part of uh, the Imperial Xeno Legion and CAG. So. Okay, alright. What's Is there like a website that people can join or is it super exclusive? No, no, it's, it's free. It's open to anyone and uh, the IXL is sort of a um, subgroup of CAG, which is Klingon assault group and the IXL is for aliens that aren't Klingons and it's free and open to anyone I believe the site is uh, kag.org k-a-g k-a-g.org I think cool cool well girls safe travels Uh, thank you so much for driving down and uh, and maybe we'll see you at Boston Con Dragon Con maybe even at Star Trek Las Vegas and if you get a chance try Star Trek Online again it's free to play awesome thank you so much thank you thank you bye microphone check alright so hello hello Hello. Okay. All right. This is Elijah reporting from the Crown Plaza in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, for the 2013 Star Trek convention uh, hosted by Creation Entertainment. And I am joined by a Priority One listener. Your name, sir? Uh, my handle is TrekkerGuy726. TrekkerGuy726. And, and with you today is? His dad, Steve. <laughs> Steve. Nice to meet you, Steve. And, and Trekker, it's, it's uh, good to meet you, man. It's fantastic that... Um, I get the opportunity of meeting listeners here at a convention like this. It's it's a phenomenal experience. Uh, tell me, what have you enjoyed most about this convention so far? Um, well, I really like hearing from Michael Dorn, Gates McFadden. Um, I don't know if the other guys had told you, but I actually asked Miss um, McFadden if she'd do voice acting for Star Trek Online, and uh, she said that she might be willing to do that. So I thought I was pretty satisfied with that. That's fantastic. So, Cryptic Studios. Okay, we have been reporting all weekend. 
that the actors would be willing to do it. Michael Dorn said he would do it for a million dollars. So listeners, and you asked that question too, right? That was you who asked that? No. Oh, it was not you. Okay. Now, is this your first convention? It's my third. Third. All right. So you've been to Jersey conventions before or other in other like Vegas? Have you been to Vegas? Uh, my first one was six years ago here, actually. Nice, nice. Uh, have you met people that have been playing Star Trek online? Have you met like new Trek online friends? Um, not really, just the people from Subspace Radio who've been really fantastic. Yeah, that they have. They're a great bunch of people, and, and I'm so glad that uh, Priority One is syndicated on, on their station. Now, you guys are from Virginia, right? I remember correctly? Yes. Okay, cool. So what's that What's that ride like for you? Three and a half as long as the traffic's not too bad. Otherwise, it would be four. So Three and a half or four hours. It was just about the right amount of time to be there, back there by nine. What are you, what are you taking, 95? 95, yeah. Oh, man, that's terrible. And then we go uh, west at Baltimore and get down to Round Hill, Virginia. Awesome, awesome. Uh, All right, so what have you noticed differently about this convention from others in the past? Um, Well, I noticed that as far as the stars go, that they're a whole lot more um, easily approachable. Um, In past conventions, there's been a lot of yellow tape, and it's been uh, more difficult. Yeah, difficult and rushed. Um, the vendor's room is really fantastic. I've been able to get a lot of stuff from there that I really wanted. What'd you get? What'd you get? Um, well, actually, I think the highlights so far was a um, solid gold model of the Stargazer, um, as well as uh, in an auction, I won a um, playing card signed by George Takei and Walter Cohen. Oh, my. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Are you looking forward to Legacy of Romulus? Absolutely. I've been playing the beta, and it's been really fantastic. Nice, nice. What do you want to say? What do you want to say to all the Priority One audiences out there? Um, hi, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. All right, well, thank you. What was that? Yeah, Midnight Shadow 7. Yeah, that's right, Midnight Shadow 7. He's an avid listener. He always report, uh, always gives us some awesome feedback, so uh, shout-out to Steve, Midnight Shadow 7. Uh, shout-out to everybody at, uh, what, what's your fleet? What's your fleet? SCC fleet. Okay, SCC fleet. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Keep listening to PriorityOnePodcast.com, syndicated on TrekRadio.net and Subspace Radio. All right. This is Elijah from Priority One Podcast reporting from the Crown Plaza in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, for the 2013 Philly, New Jersey Star Trek Convention. And I am joined by the beautiful and talented Chase Chase Masterson, known for many Trek fans as leader from Deep Space Nine. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much. Yes, I am Chased. Yes. Thank you. C-H-A-S-T-E or C-H-A-S-E-D? I don't know. I don't know how I said it, but the the wonderful thing about this is that I can edit it later. No, you're fine. We're good to go. Oh, we're fine. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Deep Space Nine celebrates its 20th anniversary this year, a wonderful milestone, and fans have come down in droves to celebrate it with you and the rest of the cast. Now, looking back, is there anything you would do differently? Oh, boy. Wow, that's intense. You know, an experience as beautiful as this should not be tampered with. I mean, it's been such a great run, such a great ride, the whole thing, from getting the role of Lita to having it be expanded to, you know, Lita was only a four-line role. It was only four lines in one episode, and that's all she was supposed to be. And she was a possible recurring, but they didn't know whether she was going to come back ever. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but we never had a contract. I could have been killed off at any time 
with no obligation from the studio. Same with Max, same with a lot of the recurring characters. And they kept us for five solid seasons. And I'm very, very grateful for that. I think, you know, it would have been great if Lita had some more depth. There are some really great aspects of drama that I wish that Lita had gotten to go through. Just some true grit real life situations instead of the lightness. But I loved the sweetness and the lightness of Lita at the same time. So, you know, there's just different parts of me that I guess I wish I'd gotten to explore within that role. But I can't complain. My God, there's with so many recurring characters, we're all grateful to have the screen time we had. Wonderful. That's fantastic. And you did actually reprise your role in Star Trek Online when you did the voiceover for Hololita, right? I did. Hi, Star Trek Online players. I love you guys. And you guys are such a fun, playful, awesome bunch. We have such a great time with you guys. Thank you. And I was very happy to get to reprise that. You know, they only had four of the Trek actors reprise their roles. And at the time that I did it, it was only three. It was Leonard Nimoy and Zach Quinto and me. So, you know, the big three, the triumvirate, Spock, Spock, and Lita. You know, so I, I was happy to do that. Awesome. Would you come back if you were asked? Oh, I would. Absolutely. Everyone. I, Have they? Have they asked by any chance? On Star Trek Online? Well, they haven't yet. Okay. But okay. you guys could change that. That is true. That is true. Then we attend. I, thank you. Yes, I'd love to. And I think there are some fun things that we could do. Mirror Universe Lita would be a fun thing to have in Star Trek Online. Uh, Cryptic Studios, I know you're listening. So uh, get that done. Get that done now. Yay. <laughs> All right. Can you tell me one or two of your fondest memories from working on the set? Oh, boy. I have such great memories. You know, I think the first thing that comes to mind is that Ira Bear, in the fifth season, pulled me aside. and We were just talking about the role and talking about Lita and Rom. And he said, you know, my goal for Lita and Rom is to have them be the happy couple on television. And I said, how do you mean? He said, well, you know, when you look at couples on television, they're always in some sort of angst. You know, there's cheating, there's lying, there's dark secrets, there's addiction, there's all sorts of things, you know, or they just plain hate each other. And he said that the writers and networks do that in order to make things interesting. But he said he wanted to prove that you could be happy and still be interesting. And I think that's who Ram and I were. We were in love and we had issues, of course, because of the opposites of character and and of cultures, Bajoran and Ferengi, etc. But we worked through them and our conflicts were mostly conflicts outside ourselves, not some sort of growing bitterness within ourselves, you know? And I was so grateful to be able to do that and be an example for people. Yeah, I was really happy about that. You know, and, and Lita and Bashir were a fun couple. We liked that. That was a good way to come onto the show. But Lita and Bashir were more like the Barbie and Ken of Star Trek. Lita and Rom were the Lucy and Ricky of Star Trek. You know, we had fun. So Awesome. That is fantastic. Now, since Deep Space Nine, you've been very active with your fans during conventions. You're in the trenches. You know, you're, you're taking pictures, signing autographs, spending time getting to know people. What changes, if any, have you noticed about the crowd over the years? I see changes in us, in me anyway. And, you know, as far as I am as an actor and as a person, it has been such an honor to get to know people and to hear your stories and to be able to say, no, it's nice to meet you and where are you from? And just the human connection, you know, is wonderful. And you think, you know, actors have a lot of that, but some of the wonderful real life people stories that we get to hear, for instance, there are two Klingons that I met here yesterday. And I don't know what their Klingon names were, but they were full-on Klingons. I mean, some of the best I've ever seen, and they picked me up and tossed me around the lobby. And it was fun. It was really, really great fun. And, and, you know, you learn after all this time that you don't really 
take Klingons very seriously. I mean, you know, you can't really believe anything they say. But I started asking them questions about, you know, hi, so what's your name and real name and stuff like that. It turns out one is on his way to being an admiral in the Navy. And he has been a combat surgeon in the ER units of units in Afghanistan and Iraq and done many tours of duty, been shot three times, and done all of this incredible service for his country. The other one, Sam, is also a combat veteran, now retired, and has been many times, I mean, he's actually special forces, and has been to Iraq and Afghanistan and all over, doing crazy, in, insane, dangerous things. Uh, anyway, I shouldn't have said insane, I mean, just, you know, things that the normal human beings can't imagine, you know? And, wow. I mean, that is such an honor. And if it weren't for Star Trek, I would never get to probably come and hear these stories. And what these two said is they said that Deep Space Nine was their favorite show when they were on those tours. And that they would come back from a mission. And that DS9 was the one thing that they had to look forward to. And they appreciated the stories of war and of peace and of family and all of those things. And that that was something that held them together. Wow. What an honor as an actor to be on a show that means that much. And that's something I've learned. The change in the fans, I don't know. I think you guys have always been wonderful. But the learning experience that we've gotten to have is quite profound. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure meeting you and getting the time to get to know you. And it's fantastic that you spend that much time with the fans, getting to know them, learning their history. I know it means a lot to them. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, we all occupy the same amount of space on the planet. And just because I happen to have my work on TV or whatever doesn't mean it's any more special or valid. I mean, lots of these guys are, you guys, are doing amazing things. You know, real science, saving lives. It's great to be able to tell those stories. But look, the guy that sweeps up after the con is just as important as any of the rest of us. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right, so we've got just a couple of questions from the audience, and one of them is from Gareth Smith, and he asks, what is your dream role? I don't know that I have a dream role like this is a role in this play or this movie that I would want to play. I would like to move into doing meteor work. I would really love to be on a series playing an attorney or a psychologist or a doctor, someone who really gets in the trenches and telling stories that make a difference. That would be a real dream for me. In my real life, I do things that are more like that than I get to do on camera. I I mentor kids coming out of gangs at a place called Homeboy Industries, and that's real life work, boy. And and I've been doing that since January of 2008. And where is that located? That's in downtown Los Angeles. And we mentor kids from South Central and East L.A. and Compton, you know, Watts. So it's funny that I have more... I'm way, way more gritty life off camera than I do on camera. And a lot of times it's different for actors. A lot of times your drama is on the screen. But I'd like to play somebody, frankly, a little more like what I do as Chase. Now, this is a non-for-profit organization? Yeah. yeah. And if people wanted to donate or whatnot, what website can they visit to do that? It's Homeboy Industries is the name of the place. And the reason it's called Homeboy Industries at homeboyindustries.com is that this place is um, hires these kids so that they can stay off the streets and learn skills that they wouldn't have learned. So the industries are, there's a bakery and a cafe and a silk screening and merchandise shop and they do solar paneling and all sorts of really great things, giving skills to inner city kids or kids that just come out of prison because of the way that they were raised. This is not giving kids a second chance. This is giving kids a first chance. And they make incredibly good use of our time and and the money that we donate. A portion of the proceeds from everything that I do at conventions goes to them. And I've known them really well, like I said, since January of 2008. That's fantastic. So be sure, listeners, to visit the website and offer donations because that's a fantastic endeavor. Thank you for, very much for your time for that. Oh, thank you. It's a blessing.
Now, we've got Adrienne asking, do you have, if any, plans to do more audio play projects like your Vienna CD? Oh, yes, please. Thank you for asking that. Thank you, Adrienne. I love my work with Big Finish. For those of you who don't know, Doctor Who Big Finish is the BBC-licensed Doctor Who audio. So it's Doctor Who stories, but just on CD, on audio. And... It's so much fun. I've gotten to work with two of the doctors, Tom Baker and Sylvester McCoy. And from my episode with Sylvester McCoy, they spun off my character. It was very popular, and we broke the internet on the time that on the day it came out. And I have my own Doctor Who spinoff now called Vienna. And the stories are fantastic. There's just great, interesting science fiction concepts I've never heard or seen on television or in film. And if you guys get to check it out, Go to bigfinish.com and look for either the Shadow Heart or Vienna, and you guys will see what I mean, definitely. I'm really proud of this stuff. Oh, that's exciting. And we have a lot of crossover fans that love Doctor Who and, and also love Star Trek and Star Trek Online, so I'm sure they'll rush to that. Yeah, Doctor Who 50 years and going strong, you know. It's really amazing and a blessing as an actress to be involved in two such classic, legendary series. Well, Chase, thank you so much for your time. It was a real pleasure getting to know you and speaking with you, and thank you for spending your time with me. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Elijah. God bless you guys, and thanks so much for having me here. You too. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the convention. Yay, I am. Thank you. You too. Message coming in, sir. Hating frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. All right, our first piece of feedback comes from Revan via the Star Trek Online Forum. Great show again, guys. This will be pleasant, I promise. I wanted to take some time and thank you all for what you do for the community. Also, I hope to see you, Elijah, at Star Trek Philly. I'll hunt you down. I I mean, seek you out and introduce myself. Also, wanted to add a suggestion for the 20-man fleet Starbase event. Join the public Elite STF channel. From time to time, mostly during the fleet mark hour, there is usually someone putting together a team on that channel. I have had great success on teams using that avenue, especially... If you already have four or five fleeties ready to go, keep up the good work, boys. And uh, again, you can join a channel by hitting forward slash channel underscore join space and then the channel name. So, for instance, in this case, public elite STF, all one word. Our next piece of feedback was from the priority one dot com site, and it comes from Sean Newboy, who says thoroughly entertaining episode everyone i totally bought the legacy pack my warbirds will demolish the federation once and for all tave likes this <laughs> hope you got some prongles mj bird writes in i would love to have the legacy pack but 125 is a little too much for me right now good job on the 20 man fleet defense mission last time my fleet ran it we all left because of fighters I must have killed 50 before I left the match angry. Good show as always. And Ron checks in with, I was wondering if all fleet thefts could be addressed again. It seems as though this is happening more and more. Cryptic needs to find a way to avoid this. And the next one comes from the Grand Negus. Hello, sir. He says, enjoyed the episode. Elijah is not the first person who has questioned the relationship of LT-Sub to the Legacy Pack's Borgrim and Boff. However... It should be noted that what you get with an LT-sub is a playable species, not a boss. Therefore, these two features really have nothing to do with each other. Looking forward to hearing your beta impressions next week. Cool. That is a good note. Yeah, so he's talking about the lifetime sub there for the Legacy Packs Borg Riemann Bridge Officer. 
it should be noted, as he said, with lifetime sub, you get a playable species, Riemann. So I guess that's the difference he's uh, wanting us to highlight. And finally, we have an anonymous note. Fleet security comes down to how the permissions are set and the number of people you give those critical permissions to, i.e. kick from the fleet and demote. Having to convene a council to vote for demoting someone would be an incredibly painful game mechanic for a game. For large guilds, one strong, present, responsible leader with a few well-trusted officers. If you have too many officers to vote, you'll end up with too many chiefs, not enough Indian syndrome. The best idea I heard was having a cooldown timer, kicking fleet members. One day cooldown is plenty of time. I don't think there's a fleet out there that will need to kick more than one person a day. I heard on the podcast UGC interview that the team is looking into some options. Uh, Al specifically mentioned the cooldown timer is one of them. I'm going to go ahead and say that we broke that here. I'm going to go ahead and just sort of say that. I don't know. Did anybody else hear that anywhere else? I didn't. No, that was a good suggestion. I mean, I think the cooldown is great, particularly to kick officers. Now, here's my question, though. Let's say I'm the malicious guy and I start kicking people. And now you, Tony, you say, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you doing that? What's to stop me from kicking you next? Or how do you police that? Well, I think the idea here... And the way the cooldown mechanic ought to work and probably will be a version of this is that you'll have a maximum number of top tier people. Say, I'm going to say five. The people that come into the fleet, the initial five you need to form it, those people automatically come in not as a leader and four cadets. They come all come in as leaders right up front. You can leave as a leader whenever you want. You can just quit the fleet. Whenever you want, just no timer, no cooldown, just leave. And then you can come back in as a lower rank. If you want that, you know, one guy being in charge model, you form a fleet, everybody quits except the leader. The leader reinvites everybody back in and sets permissions however he wants. The default, though, should be the five people come in, the five people stay leaders until they leave. And then what you can do is you can have a demotion power given to everybody, all those five people, but they have a cooldown on it. And that cooldown means that the person is demoted. That's irrevocable. But no one new can go into that spot until that cooldown timer expires. So if you have a full five people, a malicious person can't hack in, take over an account, demote a real officer, and promote a freebie new player account, and then use that one to sort of daisy chain deletions. Then I log on to my new free play account that just got promoted, then I demote the next real leader. And then I promote another free account that I just logged in and made up into that spot, and then I use that account to demote the next guy. If you have that cooldown timer mechanic in there where only one demotion of a fleet leader can happen per 48-hour period, let's say, then there's time to react, and then a real leader can log into the real leader account and kick the guy that started it. Now, you still have the problem with the other accounts being in there, but then if you're in it to take over a starbase, eventually that's going to get old. You're just in it to make a quick buck. You're in it to steal a starbase. That game is going to get old. But a mechanic like that, I think, is probably what's going to end up winning the day and being implemented. So our last piece of feedback comes from Sargon, who says, Cool discussion of fleet defense. Thanks, everyone. And it was good to hear James's voice again. Well, it was nice to be heard. Thank you. I love when I can be on. I can't always. Every third week I'm on call, guys, and I apologize when I can't be there. And Trust me, I'd rather be on the show than at work. <laughs> but that's just the way it goes. So, But thanks for missing me. It's nice to be missed. <laughs> All right, Captains. Thanks to everyone for their feedback. We love hearing from you, and you guys know that we do. You can reach us on Twitter or send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. 
Well, that wraps up episode 125, usually broadcast live on trackradio.net. However, we preempted this week due to the Best of Both Worlds event, so sorry to the live audience, but don't worry, we'll be back next week. Remember that we are on air every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. We have been getting some amazing feedback, and we love our live audience, so please come join us and have some fun. Don't forget, Captains, the Priority One Network is expanding and we're in need of video help. Oh, we're in need of video help so badly. So if you feel you're the guy or the gal for the job, then send us a sample of your work to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Captains, we're always looking for your suggestions and ideas for topics on our Trek It Out segment, field notes, the community spotlight, and general show improvements and additions. You can submit your ideas and additions to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com or use our online form on the Priority One website. That's www.PriorityOnePodcast.com or you can catch us on Facebook or Twitter. That's right. We are on Facebook. Head on over to Facebook.com slash PriorityOnePodcast and check us out over there. Also, you can find us on Twitter at StowPriorityOne for showtimes and other cool stuff. Friends! Romulans! Warriors, lend me your ears and give me a dollar. That's right. Please toss a buck in the tip jar for the players who bring you this circus every week. We are literally trying to take this show on the road. And only the show. We'll still have to pay for our own out-of-pocket or travel expenses and lodging, but your crisp green Washington will only go toward the expense of actually broadcasting from the convention floor at this year's 2013 Star Trek Las Vegas convention. We would like to thank the entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com, our production assistant and art director, Alex Calderwood, our audio engineers, Lennon Rich and Justin Lowmaster, and the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Special thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com, our syndication partners, Subspace Radio, Trek Radio, and the Trek Radio Live crew. And, of course, the STO community. Without you, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. I want to redo that whole thing because I just didn't like any of it. So you looking forward to the live event, Elijah? For the live event of what? What am I going to? What am I doing? Discover that you... Oh, sorry. Discover Are that you, not you ready? can't read? It wasn't about that. Discover we all know I can't read. read. <clears throat> so make sure you're subscribed to feeds.feed. Imagine... That Elijah finally stopped saying that all we need is 70 listeners to donate 7, uh, 10. Dang it, I screwed it up. <laughs> Just what you were saying was killing me anyway. Wow. Tony, you're so brilliant.
everything you do is art. Tony, you should write the show notes every week. Also, may I bear your children? However, you are wrong. We don't know how many people listen exactly because if there's four people listening to one stream at a time in the same room, there could be more than we think. So there. Oh my God, you're right. We don't always There could be more of them. We know how many streams are going on. We don't know how many people are enjoying that stream together. They could be exploiting our stream. They could be crossing the streams and that is dangerous. You never cross the streams. Oh, oh, that's illegal in four states. I know that for a fact. Oh. Visiting Diggin' Visiting Diggin' Diggs. <laughs> I'm a boss. But thanks for missing me. It's nice to be missed. We love I you too, James. I don't care. I mean, I love. James, <laughs> I miss you so much. We would like to thank the entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com, our production assistant and art director, Alex Calderwood. Darn, darn. <laughs> that did not come out right at all.